Welcome to Touched and Empowered, a show created to empower individuals to value their lives by hosting think tank discussions that will inspire positive action. Touched and Empowered with Katie and Ace starts now. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the stage. Jasmine Singh, who is a proud mother and a devoted wife residing in Elk Grove, California. She is an expert in customer service and coaching with a career that includes 25 years of customer service, public service, and call center management in the state of California, state government, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. She shares her personal breakthrough story as well as shares additional insights into living our best lives through her contributions into anthologies. And we'll have those links provided for you. It's her mission in life to be of service to people of all ages. You can find more information about her upcoming projects, including her personal memoir and children's books by visiting www.billionleaves.com. You can also reach her through her Facebook page at facebook.com slash inspires. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jasmine. Thank you for having me, Ace. I really appreciate this opportunity to share a little bit about me. <laughs> yeah, I love your story. You were sharing it with me prior to when we were on a phone call. And, you know, it's great practice for <laughs> the present moment. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I know we have the bio, but let's let's go a little deeper. Yes, uh, surely, Ace. You know, I uh, really am currently very passionate about living authentically, and mm-hmm. not a lot of us do that um, on a regular basis or sometimes ever. We live behind uh, masks um, of shame, of guilt, of, of resentment, of, um, ju- you know, being judged, fear of being judged, you know, and it's one of those things that, um you're not really living when you're in that space. Mm-hmm. You're just existing. And mm-hmm. I had been doing that for years. And it was uh, when I did finally did the inner work that I um, realized all those masks that were, were uh, I was wearing and it, they were heavy and they were not me, you know? And I, yeah, I was a professional and I got accolades at work. I mean, I received a most prestigious award at, at my job um, and I was... Uh, you know, doing well as the, you know, the perfect daughter, perfect wife, perfect mother, you know, everything. Um, But why was I so unhappy? It's because uh, due to previous trauma, I had these victim mindset. I had, I was um, not really ever pursuing my own passions. I was, I I lost that spark or that spark was hidden and I never Mm -hmm. let that show out. So to the world, and so what I was doing was I, I was existing to please others, to do what was expected, but really not living and breathing and just being me. Mm. Being is such a big deal. And we don't do enough of that. Just being, you know, being who you are truly authentically are meant to be. Just be. You give me a lot to work with there. So I really appreciate that. <laughs> and for you to share your heart like that. Thank you very much. So. It's funny, I actually spoke to my mother this morning and I don't know why. And I guess it was to prep for this meeting, which is wonderful in this this interview. So my mother was like, hey, you got to do this with your life, whatever that is, right? And it was like the cookie cutter, perfect, perfect air quotes, um, existence and living 
normality, I believe. I think that's what she was trying to go for. She was like, get the study job that does this, 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 and that, right? And I actually looked at her and I was like, this is one of those conversations that we've been having for years. And I looked at her and I was just like, mom, do you want me to be happy? And she actually asked me back, do you want us to be happy? <laughs> and I looked at her and I was like, I do. But if I'm miserable, you will be too. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. I yeah. mean, white picket fence, the job with the benefits, it's, it's all we've heard, right? Like that, the right, the thing people say, the bubble of perfection is not really perfection, you know, mm-hmm. mask. It's, it's what people want to see, but really it's not what they want to be. It's not bad to do that if I'm not discounting people that have that. I mean, I'm even currently pursuing that, right? Because you got to you bring home the bacon, right? Until your mm-hmm. passion brings you income, you got to bring home the bacon. And But whatever you do and do in life, be authentic. I think I love that you said that you're a beginner because what you just said isn't beginner stuff. So <laughs> it is very true. A nine to five is fine. Like, I'm not saying that, you know, if you put me in a nine to five, you know, it's not, it's not for me, (laughs) but it's definitely for, uh, for those who really want that stability and want that nine to five paycheck and they love their jobs. And yes, they're allowed to be authentic. I feel like the reason why I wanted to leave the nine to five was because I didn't feel authentic. I felt like I was being caged and the feelings of that made me resent the nine to five, right? Versus, who I truly am, what I love to do is talk to people like you and understand your story, see where all of this, you know, this philosophy and wisdom that has arisen in you, where did that come from? So my question to you now, perfect segue is, how did you come across understanding that people need to be more authentic? And how did you solve um, that type of authenticity in yourself and others or inauthenticity, if that makes sense? gosh, you know, my wanting to live on authentic really comes from a place of finding my, finding permission to be authentic. And I didn't have permission to be authentic until I knew my value. And I only found my value when I was really broken and I needed mm-hmm. help. So when you're in a, and truly broken and like I, I literally, everything was going great in my life. You know, I've got beautiful children. I've got, you know, the eight to five job. I've got benefits. I'm, you know, I've got all this um, in the Indian society. You know, I've got all that, you know, respect. Um, but I, it was like, a, I mean, I was in my early forties because I'm 44 now. I mean, and I was like midlife crisis. Like I, I'm so unhappy like something wants to just break out of my heart and cry you know and so I was bawling in the my doctor's office don't know what's up with me I don't know what's I, I have I have no reason to be you know upset anxious what's going on with me I, have, I, I really don't know but I'm just so unhappy and my work you know like that's normal like work uh, stress is normal everything is you know so what was it what was the situation so she, I, I did a quick assessment and she said, look, no, you know what? You need time off. You need to, we, you need to go to the anxiety treatment center. And, and until then, like there was a, there's a little cliche or there's this, um, you know, this uh, thing that you hear about, you know, mental health, you know, like I don't need mental health. You know, people are afraid, like what is mental health and, yeah. and you know, no, that's not my problem. Doctor, you're not understanding. You're not listening to me. And then she goes, no, you need 
you need help, you know? And when I, um, it's kind of like one of those things where you have to borrow somebody else's belief until it becomes your belief. So yeah. I was borrowing her belief and saying, look, if this is what she thinks I need, I will just go for it because right now I'm unhappy. I'm, I was just, every day I would cry. I would, I would cry. I would be upset. I think what it really was, was I didn't know who I was. Mm. Mark was crying from inside let me free like be you know why are you just being why are you pretending all the time you know to be mm-hmm. happy and so when I went to the anxiety treatment center this amazing place here in Sacramento um, it was one of those things where uh, I started to do some inner work and I was defensive I was like no that's not me that's not me that's never happened to me but once I let myself immerse myself into the process of identifying what those root issues were. I discovered that I had trauma. Mm-hmm. I had trauma, and I will say it out loud in the world because there's no secret. I have been through arranged marriage. Mm, wow. Multiple times over. The free mm-hmm. previous two scumbags married me for a green card, and um, I was abused mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, all sorts of ways. And mm-hmm. I never dealt with that. And it was trauma. You know, mm-hmm. it was the abuse that, that really cemented some sort of deep space in my heart where I feared, you know, if, if I was fearful of asking for help. I was fearful of uh, saying, hey, this is Jasmine needs this because I was accustomed to yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, mom. Yes, dad. Yes. You know, uh, Indian society, you know, I bow to mm-hmm. you. And I didn't realize how noisy my head was until I did the inner work. Because uh-huh. once you realize that there, all those broken records are playing every day, no matter what channel you ch- try to change it to, those broken records are playing on the background. Once I dealt with it and broke those records, the stories that I kept playing over and over again about um, of what people thought of me, what I, what I thought of myself, about why I was played like I was you know or abused like Mm -hmm. I was you know those stories and those issues and that drama and that guilt and that shame and all that resentment frustration was out it was so quiet right (laughs) oh I love it oh (laughs) yeah oh thank you so much for sharing that's such a beautiful like keep going please please yeah so now what you know and I talk about it in my book. I, um, one of the anthologies that I was a part of, I, I list out those steps that I took, you know, and I spell out my name. Mm. I, I literally spell out my name, Jasmine, like the first J is for jolt. And that jolt was, hey, you need help, get the help, you know, mm-hmm. like it's not going to happen without something changing, right? It takes change mm-hmm. to make change. Yeah. And so I'm not going to spell out all what all those acronyms are. So somebody's going to have to read the book. <laughs> Oh, that's great. And I love that cover. Oh, it's so just uh, empowering and understanding. And I, I'm so happy that you shared that with us because that is so real. <laughs> and it's something that I also went through as well. I think, you know, you did mention Indian society. Um, I'm originally from Edison, New Jersey. So I, I know, I know a little bit and understand a lot of what my classmates went through in regards to arranged marriage, but not to the extent where you just opened up. And I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, it's funny because we, in, in a bunch of pseudo other cultures, we all have that type of strange, um, like culture-based way of treating women. Yeah. And it wasn't until, you know, the past, like, I want to say 
Well, it, it's happened in history with Joan of Arc and all the other um, wonderful idols and and um, spearheading courageous women in our history books, um, right? And I think it's one thing to hear about somebody that was out in the world fighting for justice. And then also now we're talking about relationships. Like we're talking about somebody fighting for fighting to overcome domestic violence, understanding that there is like a very strange, like uh, almost, there's a word for it, almost um, not manipulative, but like there's a, there's a mindset that can keep a woman caged and it really can, you right. know what I mean? And right. And in the different cultures, I've noticed that there are different subsets of what that mindset could be. And those who break free of that, you know, someone like you, who's courageous to do it in such a, I'm not saying stifling culture, because I'm not going to say that out loud. Uh, I'm not going to say that it's stifling. I think the Indian culture is actually very beautiful, yeah. um, especially since you're Sikh, correct? Yeah, well. Sikh religion. Yeah. Yes, yes. The last name. It's my <laughs> my hometown, seriously. Um there is there are traditions even like I've noticed you don't have your long hair that was something that I noticed jeans for that huh you can blame jeans for that <laughs> oh that, that's funny that is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but sharing sharing what you said is so important and so important for so many others to hear I went through dv at one point and I had to go through brain spotting to uh, overcome it one of my friends is a dear doctor, uh, Deidre, and she is an expert in brain spotting and, and yeah, it's, it does work. So I highly recommend, but that is the person I go to. We're going to put her, <laughs> we are referral partners, business partners. She will be on this podcast as well. Deidre has an incredible story. So Ace, I want to say though, um, I was reading, uh, conversations with God and, you know, I don't want to stop like in a, in a summary or in a, just in an essence, the uh, one thing that when the people, the bad, the people that do bad in the world, every act um, in the world is, is an act of love. So like even for Hitler, you know, and all these bad people that do, did stuff in their mind, they weren't doing bad stuff. Right. And people that do the violence, right. They're doing it for reasons that we or don't understand but it's an act of love there it's for power authority some other stuff that they are so passionate about that everything else they turn a blind eye to but it's every god in this book and i i know that um i'm sorry i'm mentioning god but you know like not everybody believes in god but i i do and i just want to say that in the book conversations with god um you know god said you know like it speaks to the fact that every act is an act of love and so so it's almost like that's why when people forgive, it's so freeing because that person, you know, um, did what they did from an act of love that we don't understand, but we yeah. created a story about why we were so hurt about it, right? Mm. We're never going to meet eye to eye. The person did what they did for other reasons. Mm. And we've felt what we felt for other reasons, right? we didn't get the nurture, we didn't get the stability, the care, the safety, whatever, you know, it was, we were looking for something else in the relationship in, lo in those instances, and they were looking for something else. So yeah. when you forgive them for who they were, thank you, goodbye, you know, out of our minds and our heart, mm -hmm. then we can move on in our life, right? Just when you understand that, that factor, that the motives behind people acting a certain way, 
Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. I think so when I break up with anyone or when I broke up with anyone, uh, hopefully this won't those that's the last time. <laughs> um it came down to the there I knew at the end of the day it was a difference in philosophy. It was in a, a difference in understanding standards. It was a difference in knowing that this is how I want to be treated. And like you said, dignified, right? That beautiful, dignified, respected, yes. you know, valued, right? Yeah, there's a significance. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not going to settle for less. And the reason why I won't is because if I do, I'm going to let that happen to you as well. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And here's the thing in relationships, you can't put people in a box. Yeah, and no, you can't. No. I love my husband. Beautiful. My current husband, my Dean Teka. I love him. Thank you, Zoro. Thank you, universe. I love him. Now, in the, you know, I would say it wasn't always that way. It was when I started to see him for who he is and who he isn't. And he saw me for who I am and who I'm not is when we flourished. And right. we flourished, right? We can't put each other in a box. You have to um, be authentic. And then that authentic, if I was anybody else, I'd be Susie's you know, Billingsley or, you know, Beck, you know, whoever, Ricardo, but I am just being, I, I am who I am. And you can't change what you like or don't like about me because all that makes me, me and all what you do and how you are and aren't is what you makes you, you ace. Right. So when people appreciate those differences is when we can make the world a better place. I agree. Thank you so much. I love that. Yes. It is very, it's one thing to acknowledge. I love different perspectives. I feel like hearing somebody else's different perspective, maybe that's why I like doing a podcast. Like I can't have people just cookie cutter, tell me exactly what I want to hear. That doesn't, that doesn't flow. But what I really do understand is like people come from different existences. They come from different uh, backgrounds. They came from different childhoods. They come from different cultural norms and hearing how they had to grow their self through those uh, either adversities or through those uh, considered normalities. Like, I want to know exactly what made you shape into the person you are now, because you are the type of person who is just motivating me on my own podcast. I love it. It's great. Ah, it's so awesome. And then, you know, I, I honestly think that adversities are like the diamond cutter of who we can be, right? Nothing else can cut a diamond other than a diamond cutter or another diamond, right? Right, right. Being in some uncomfortable space really helps you to understand who you truly are. And all the things that I've went through, I would say that that helped shape who I am. No, yeah, uh, arranged marriage. I was, I'm looking back, I'm not thrilled that I had to go through what I did, but I can't really blame my parents. My parents did what they knew to do, being doing, you know, around the circumstances, right? The culture, mm -hmm. the pressure, the, the society, being the of all the girls. My dad had four girls. <clears throat> I wanted to make my dad honor. I wanted to you do the respectable thing, you know, because my dad is also the eldest of all of his siblings. So I thought, well, you know, if I'm going to be the trendsetter, I'm going to be the the one who is obedient and you know does the right thing right. Um, yes. makes my dad feel proud my dad's such a hard worker he came in his 20s uh, to america for a better life and sponsored all of his brothers and sisters most all of them to america they're all settled having you know have beautiful lives happy my dad 
took always was the big caretaker took care of family took care of things that needed and all on his own here you know we have technology google it you, you could learn anything you want on youtube these days dad he came in english was not his uh native language but he it's like he had to fake it to make it right so where he, where he would lack in terms of marketing with his landscaping then his night in terms of marketing in terms of the spiel the you know mm -hmm. the customer service representatives you know whatever mom was a representative <laughs> dad was the doer you know and they built a business from respect from hard work from referrals and you know what he made it he made the American dream my mom she just also she was arranged marriage you know with my dad so mm -hmm. they know what they need to do and so now hindsight yeah I didn't like what I had to go through and we could blame our parents for everything but in any circumstance, whether it's Indian or, or Caucasian family or Korean family, like there's decisions that are made at the time with the best uh, intentions. You can't blame them for that. You know, you can just move on if things don't work out uh, now that you know better. It's like that Maya Angelou quote, right? Mm -hmm. If we knew better, we'd do better. Once you know yeah. better, we'd do better, right? Oh, I love that quote that like that brings in so much compassion whenever we're talking to anybody who just like did something and we're like, what, why'd you do, you know, and it's true. Um, I think Les Brown also <laughs> utilizes that quote very often. Um, uh, Les Brown is also somebody I shared a stage with as well. I was one of his students. Wow. So um, when he, when he uses that quote, I'm like, yep, ding, ding. Uh <laughs> It's very true. And I think that's, that's allowed me grace also as well in my life too. You know, like when we're thinking about what we had to go through and all the discomforts and possible betrayals and all of the, you know, the human aspects of our lives, it's natural. Um, that quote really does help. If we knew better, we'd do better. And if we didn't, then th th there's something else. <laughs> that's, that's a little different. Um, yeah. But I love that you said that everything is an act of love, right? We came in with the intention of, you know, coming from a place of love, especially from our parents, like our parents, depending, you know, depending on the relationship that you have with your parents. I've noticed that my parents lovingly tried to do the best for me, tried to bring me into the right places. Was I a bit of a rebel? Yeah, but they loved me just the same. <laughs> um, and they knew that like every time I would do something risky, uh, I would be okay. I'd be fine. Are they still nervous? Yeah, I think absolutely. it's a, yeah, I think our parents will always be nervous. You're, you're also a, a mother right. as well, right? You're, you're like, it's always like, you're always going to feel that. Are they okay? Yeah. Yeah. And we say things, parents say things um, because we want to see, we, we want them to uh, be successful. Right. But my paradigm, your mom's paradigm, everybody's paradigm is different. How we were brought up, what safety meant, what success looked like, you know? So they're comparing it against what they know, right? The unknown is scary. And that's why, you know, people are fearful of change. And so, but but someone like you, who is a trailblazer, who knows that they're, you know, they're this is where they want to go, a different direction, maybe than what has been historically been acceptable, maybe to your parents or whatnot, you know? Um, are paving the path for other girls who might want to pursue their passions and see that, hey, this Ace is doing it. She's successful. And you know what? I want to model 
you know, my career path from what she's done and been able to serve millions of customers, you know, around the globe. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. You're creating this beautiful vision and it's, it's going to manifest now. (laughs) I'm a true believer. And I, 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 I believe Bob Proctor is one of my biggest, oh my gosh, uh, rest his soul. I, I, I miss him dearly. He's been, uh, but his, uh, Brian Proctor's, um, his son, recently wrote a book um, that was launched my father knew the secret and all basically all in a nutshell all the 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 gems that he's passed on to his son he puts in this book and it's um and it's wonderful i I encourage everybody to buy this book my father knew the secret by brian proctor oh beautiful yeah john john tallarico is also one of my results coaches he he's also somebody who had direct mentorship from bob proctor as well Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it it's so fun to hear other people understanding like things are possible, right? Like I chant Namil Harengeko and I'm also a, I'm a Nichiren Buddhist as well. I I chant with us, yeah. So, um my my understanding of life kind of comes from a um from a very specific word. Um and then when I Namil Harengeko the devotion of the mystic law of cause and effect through sound. So essentially you, you can uh you can develop your oh oh snap wait hold on I see a bell this looks familiar do we do the same thing oh that's <laughs> I know that bell yeah, do oh it's awesome I didn't know that you were a practitioner are you uh, no, I, I shiny thing and I gravitated to it and I bought it. But you know what it does is when I am in a funk, I I, I play it and it, it clears out the energy. It totally does. It puts me in a new uh, space where I can really start to listen to my inner voice when I'm trying to do something or wanting to write out my plan for like my next steps for the next day. Because that routine, um, that time for, you know, meditation or really just for self-reflection is so important. But if I've got, you know, stop, if it gets noisy up here, like that really helps me. So you'll have to tell me more that. about your practice because I'm like, if you do that, I need to learn about like really how to use it right the right way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I see a bell. Nam It's like, I, I chant it like 15 minutes or more a day, essentially. And it purifies your thoughts. Right. That's just me. Yeah. 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 And I, to be honest, like, of course you're supposed to take action afterwards as well. Don't just like sit there and hope that something will happen. It's not like a wishing well, but it's, it's definitely one of those things where it's like, you'll receive the wisdom of what to do next. So I did the brain spotting. I did any, uh, I did a bunch of other modalities to heal myself, my heart, my mind, my spirit, and then start building towards this collective of individuals who are also intuitive and also want to help and heal people. Um, Here on Touched and Empowered, what we've done is we want to share those inspiring, encouraging stories so that people can feel like they can do it too. It's not just like, I did all this, woohoo, I'm special. Like, that's not how that works here. (laughs) I totally get it. And I appreciate it because people, um, here's the thing, you're creating a platform where we like, you know what, you know that there's a void in the world and uh, there are pla- there's platforms like these allow people um, to know about resources or, or wisdom that they need to hear when they need to hear it, you know? And and if somebody's 
putting out that prayer to God, to the universe, like, you know, needing help, you know, please show me the way. And then lo and behold, your podcast airs, they'll hear what they were meant to hear to lift them up to out of their, you know, their funk and get them going to where they need to go to start being prosperous, healthy, happy, you know, abundant lives, you know, but it, yes. it, it takes some sort of change, right? Some sort of jolt and these platforms like that provide people a different way to think, shift their mindset a little bit so that they can do something, you know, see that there's better out there for themselves. A hundred percent. Thank you. That is why we are providing this wisdom space, this think tank discussion, because so what we understood um, in regards to the teen suicide prevention, we saw that the numbers were increasing. We saw that the rates of suicide, not just in teens, were going up. And there was a day where I was taking John Tolerico's class, right? And I was like creating my C-type goal. And the C-type goal, if anybody um, knows how to, uh, about thinking grow rates and understanding how to reference creating your goals, essentially there's like the A-type goal where you know how to do it. You've done it. You keep doing it. There's the B-type goal. You've done it before. It took a bit for you to do it, but you've done it before. You know how to do it, right? It's like, I want to get a new Nissan. You've gotten the Nissan before type of situation. And then there's the C-type goal that allows you to grow, that allows you to shoot for the stars and then really, you know, think about who you are, what you think will be fulfilling for your life and what you can do. And before I met Katie, actually, I was like, all right, so I want to decrease suicide rates globally every year. How do I do that? Right. And it wasn't just to aim to decrease the suicide rates because like when you think of a cow, don't when somebody says don't think of a cow, what do you do? Yeah. You think you think of the cow, right? So the idea was like, okay, let's do the opposite, empower individuals to value their lives. And you know, your story does exactly that. It helps people to see how you empowered your life to value it so that you could bring yourself into this new way of being, living, and this beautiful life that you've created for yourself, that wonderful foundation. When people understand that your story can be something that they can emulate for their own, mm -hmm. like, yeah, when means now. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things where you can feel like, okay, this person was on this podcast. I found it randomly, or I found it because it's well-known. Divine. You know, yeah divine connection you will be there and your story is going to be what saves somebody out of the hell that they've been facing because you found your way through it and you're the reason why you've created that light for others you know it, is, it makes me so upset when you hear about suicides and people giving up mm -hmm. on their lives mm -hmm. and it like makes me sad because i want to stand on the rooftops and shout out don't do it just you're 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 we're, we're all god's children and we're meant for something greater our circumstances our environment do not define us mm -hmm. but these people that that do you know that do the unthinkable they don't they don't see a way out they don't see that possibility of that hope that spark that is within them right mm -hmm. they get so enclosed in that cave of darkness 
of hopelessness that they don't see their way out. And um, so the work that you're doing is so important and um, and it bothers me too. And I've been thinking about that a lot. I created a new YouTube channel. It's called um, Tears of Glow. Beautiful. And there was one time that, and the picture on it, of on my website is um, a painting that I did on a, on a dark day. I was so upset, so upset in, my, in life. I painted my emotion and it was basically a mountain crying. The waterfalls were the tears. Mm -hmm. So I used that picture for my website um, when I decided to start this YouTube channel. My messaging is, you know, you're not alone. There's hope out there. And if there's anything that in my, through my, one of the videos is all about silly distractions. And sometimes you just need a silly distraction to get those records to stop. Yeah. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm so happy that you opened up in this way, like safe space. I'm so happy that you can share your tears with us. It's, it has been one of those um, experiences where I, I don't, every year, it's like when you're faced with your mission, every year, um, one or two individuals that I've either met or, or within my own circle have passed from suicide. Um, and I've been seeing it increase every year. So it's, I'm so grateful that you can share just how much you want to hear people just like, or just be there for people in that dark hour. Cause I was mentioning to somebody, um, you know, suicide doesn't come from, you just want to be out one day. That's not how that works. It's a compilation of just all these different factors that make you want to believe that despair is the only thing you got. <laughs> And then why do you want to keep living in it? And that's not the truth. I love that you said like that bit of joy, like just putting a dot on your nose, like creating that ladder for yourself to well yourself out of that darkness. Um, for me, uh, you know, I, under I, I remember just watching videos, listening to motivational um, content so that I wouldn't be in that space. Um, and then I would use those quotes for other people as well. Like, I think there was this other quote that I found once upon a time on Tumblr, and this really helped me. It was, I could cry or I could laugh. One gives me a headache. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So my message is to basically anybody listening out there, you be vulnerable and feel safe to share with at least one person, you know, yes. There are resources out there that are anonymous that you can just talk to 988. You could text or call 988 yes. in the United States and you, there'll be somebody at the, on the other end of the line. Just reach out. I want to mention that, you know, it's been such a joy to have you on this podcast and I'm so grateful for your story. We're going to have you back on again very soon. With that being said, thank you for joining us. Do you oh, have definitely? It was my honor and privilege to be here, Ace. You're doing great work, and um, yeah, I look forward to seeing you again. Thank you for joining us. We hope that the discussion today will inspire you to take positive action in your life. Until next week, be empowered. <laughs>